0: <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today on the show, I've got the wonderful Miss Erica Meshki.
1: You said my last name right.
0: I did. Nobody well, ever does. It's not that hard.
1: It is. Meshki. So I it's hear just, it's mesheka, a mesheka, mesheka a lot.
0: Meshe- is exactly how it looks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it is yeah. Come on, people, get out get get the together. program. Get this together. Uh, she is 50% of Audible Kink, the acoustic uh, folk duo. On, let's get into some hams here, please. I am ready for please. it. I know please. you. Uh, so, my understanding, you got a little head start, huh?
1: It's Saturday.
0: It is Saturday. Cheers. It's Saturday.
1: Cheers. Yeah. I was drinking PBRs. they mm.
0: They're basically I don't know about the same. This, ham shit. this is
1: some River West shit that you have here.
0: It's not even like, it's just oh, it like, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, PBR is too, I feel. <laughs> it's
1: like east side. East side is PBR, River West is hands.
0: I would, th- I, promise. I would think the other way around. Not even. Oh, man. No,
1: even just today, we did a blind taste test because I was at Up and Under mm-hmm. on Brady Street. My home. Shout out
0: the Up. My right.
1: home where yeah. I live 90% of my life. Shout way. out Tyler. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Stefanski. God bless him. Tyler,
0: Tyler is a mm-hmm. clown.
1: He's... But he's my clown. He's great.
0: He is great. But
1: no, we did a blind taste test. We put... It wasn't a hams. It was High Life. Because I was okay. like, I fucking hate High Life. I can't drink High Life. Yeah. And so the bartender behind the bar, Alejandro, did a blind taste test with PBR and High Life. And he's like, pick the PBR. Mm-hmm. And I picked the High Life. I was like, oh, this is for sure PBR. And I was completely wow. wrong. And now my whole life is a lie. And I don't uh, know who I am.
0: Cognitive dissonance, people.
1: It was fucked. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, are you gonna have to like go on like a clean slate, adopt a new identity? Yeah, I think I'm town. gonna have
1: to like switch to White Claws, maybe move to oh, Utah. Yeah. I don't right. know.
0: You're, instead of uh, doing acoustic music, you're now gonna be doing like.
1: Like metalcore, but like still with ukulele, we'll call it ukecore.
0: Ukecore. And it'll right. be
1: just.
0: Acousticore. Acousticore. Like Acousticore. <laughs> it'll be great. We coined it. It's a thing. You <laughs> heard it here first. Yes, you did. Right here in my living room. <laughs> Yeah, but um. Living room. Yeah, so what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk uh, love and fear within our creative and passionate minds. I got both in
1: spades, so let's crack this egg open.
0: Great. Um, you're ahead of me. I'm glad you, uh, you did your research.
1: I did, because I was nervous. Like, I'm very, um, I don't know, outgoing and well spoken, if you want to say that, but like, I. I get nervous. If I don't know what I'm going into, I'm like, yeah. it's new territory. It freaks me out.
0: For sure. Have you been uh, interviewed in a format like this before? Yes. Oh, cool. And it was terrifying. Oh, it was, was for it? my one worst. time One guy
1: came up to me. He was like, uh, you seem personable. I want to interview you for the company's um, like, fucking newsletter. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah right.
1: All right. Yeah. And I don't think I did a good job, but he still published it. So it must have been, I... Right.
0: You mu- you must have... uh, <laughs> You must have... Um, gotten a couple points across. Well, something
1: happened. Yeah, right. Something was was uh, newsworthy.
0: Someone said yeah! Even if, I wish it.
1: the newsletter would have been like, talk to this hot mess, Erica. <laughs> she works alongside you. Listen to the bogus things she has to say.
0: Well, <laughs> um, they liked it, apparently. Uh-huh. But, um, well, I'm glad to sit with the hot mess again. Yes. But it's okay, because I'm a... Aren't we all? I'm quite a fine mess myself. We're all hot messes. We are. Um so the first time I met you was at the Up. Yes, it was. Um we had been connected on social media prior, mm-hmm. but that was but I remember I was doing a breaking and entering story on the Up and Under Open Mic. Yes
1: you were.
0: And saw you with James. Yes. Shout out James Oz. Fucking the, love
1: James. The
0: other half of Audible I love kink. Love
1: James Oz.
0: Yes. And um I had the flu when I saw that. Is that, that show.
1: why you Okay.
0: That's why I... <laughs> Yeah, right. That's why I was. That's why I was like, literally, just like, <laughs> a, like a wall. Like I was. Like, I
1: thought you were high, to be honest oh with no. you. I thought you smoked too much ganja, and I was no. like, this dude is out.
0: <laughs> no, I was. Turns out it was just pseudofed. Right, I was <laughs> suffering. Oh no! I felt like. But you
1: still came. I did. That's huge.
0: I had to. That's I mean, huge. I well, I that was the only show I caught that whole week, but and it really really upset me. But um but it was uh it was cool cuz like I'd never been to the up and under like for the open mic like, before I'd only like been like on casual drinking but it was cool to see like how historical it is
1: Dude my parents used to go on dates there mm. like I'm pretty sure I'm 90% sure and I've asked them that I was conceived in that bar
0: Oh nice and I'm
1: not even fucking with you <laughs> Like I'm 90% sure and they don't deny it that oh, I that's was That's stellar Made
0: You know those bathrooms that the bathrooms that don't have mirrors in them No, literally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> What my dad said to me <laughs> he said, when I told him I started playing music up and under regularly he was like oh I used to hang out there and I was like yeah and he was like, yeah. And he goes, is the hand dryer in the men's bathroom just still the perfect height? And I looked at him and I said, for what, dad? He couldn't tell me. Oh. Conceived in that bar. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's, that's some history ma- in the you. making. They're right going to wash
1: this down. Yeah. I <laughs> will <laughs> be like, I knew it. I knew it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that would spook me. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. <does> it. Right. <laughs> It's valid. Um, um, <laughs> so fun fact, Erica and I matched on Tinder yesterday.
1: Okay, so the thing well, I was like I was like, is he gonna is he gonna?
0: Gotta say something. he
1: did, yeah. No, and I think it's. Well, you yep. actually,
0: you said you uh, made the first move. You were like, well, well, well. It
1: was a few seconds after you. I didn't even wait for you to message me first, though. It was like seconds after I got the notification. It was like, you have a no new Tinder match. And I was like, weird. I just downloaded this three days ago. It was, right. like, a... it was like, Ben. And I was like, I knew it. Oh my Because I don't swipe right on a lot of people, right? But usually, if I know them in real life, I'm like, let's I'm watch the same. And see. I'm the same You way. know, it's just like a curiosity thing. And, uh, yeah, so you matched me in like a few seconds. Later, I messaged you and I was like, Well,
0: right, right, I guess
1: tomorrow is gonna be
0: so. Is this our date? This is our date, that's
1: what I said. Oh, too. So, <laughs> so, James and I, second half of Audible King, we are inseparable, we're best friends, we spend like every day together, we're just yeah. like people for each other, which is right, right we're, we're the best of friends,
0: companions,
1: yeah, so yeah. he knows. Like, he was with me when I was like, oh, my God, I just Tinder matched with Ben. And he was like, don't you have a podcast tomorrow? And I was like,
0: oh, my God. I, I didn't even
1: think about it. And so he was like, do you think he's
0: going to mention it during <laughs> God, the, podcast, I, the podcast? Duh. Like, oh. It's <laughs> just, like, not weird to me like, match with well, people. Everybody's
1: like. on Tinder. Right. Like and it's, like,
0: fun. Ever. It's fun. And, like, yeah, I like, always, for one, usually a super, like, on my friends or people I know. Like, that's that's a real ass thing. I'm I like, did not get a super like. I was out. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. no. <laughs>
1: I'm kidding. I'm here. I, know, I would I, not. I know, but... There's still a beer and a half well, left.
0: Well, this is me super liking you, having, okay. you having you on my show. Does that work?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Hold on. Mm-hmm.
0: sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll do better. Point, point, point being, like...
1: Point being.
0: There's, like, people that take, like, matching with people, like, extra seriously. They're, like... Yeah.
1: I'll
0: wait, so, so know, like, can I ask you something? Why did you swipe right on me? I'm, like...
1: Because I was on the toilet like, pooping.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm bored. Yeah. That's
1: the only time I use Tinder. So
0: and I swipe like, right for most people. Like, like I feel. I know. What's that?
1: I'm constantly left, constantly oh, left, really? unless I see somebody I know, and then I'm like, okay.
0: Well, usually, like, I will I'll swipe right most of the time, for, like, and then I will, like, once I match with somebody, then I'll evaluate if, like, this is something like I want to move forward with. It's like people kind of do it one or the other way, and Wait I. Wait
1: a minute. Called I'm a Tick. What's that? Is there an evaluation that needs to happen now?
0: Uh, well... Those are the
1: steps that you just laid out, so I assume we're following.
0: Well, we are hanging out, aren't we? So, yeah, we followed through with that shit.
1: (laughs) It was scheduled months prior, but we followed through.
0: Oh, we did. Yeah, it just made it that that much more important, because you knew I was going to mention it today. Um... Yeah, but, yeah, I am back on Tinder. I folded. I, it's been
1: three days for me. How long?
0: It's been around the same for me, too. Yeah, okay. But But um, I, like, literally just uploaded an episode the other day where um, it was my friend Molly and I, and we were talking about dating apps, and I was like, yeah, like, I got rid of them after a while. They were stressful. Mm-hmm. But then, like, <laughs> like, right when I, right around when I uploaded it, I had, Folded and I'm back on the dating apps again Cause like I don't know I'm just Like I for one Like I'm sort of Romantically and sexually bored right now Um Just I kind of want to you know get Meet more people like I just want to like See what's out there um, I don't know what I'm looking for right now, but that's okay, like, I'm just...
1: I think that's the problem. I think if some people go into it looking for something. Right, yeah. You're never going to find what you're looking for. Yeah. Because your ideals are never going to match up with somebody else's ideals, but, yeah, I don't know, I guess I'm just on there, uh, curiosity. If something happens, dope, but yeah. I'm... High hopes, low expectations.
0: So. Uh, yeah, right, I agree. Um... Who knows? I would say so as well. Well, I guess it's going pretty well, uh, so <laughs> far, isn't it? Um,
1: I'm having a great time Good
0: <laughs> <Dead> <laughs> bad. Um, So Anyway uh, So we can talk uh, All this um, we, could. we could We could talk all these uh, These This goofiness For hours But I wanna I wanna get to know you And your creativity um, Okay Let's Let's get into some stuff So uh, I don't know what that was But Erica I'm getting ready Oh right Cool okay. So Erica I want to know So like Uh you are like, so are you like, um, do you guys, do you and James like write songs together like lyrically Um, and stuff?
1: It's complicated because him and I both started out as solo artists. That's all we've really ever known. He sometimes plays like in a full piece band and occasionally so do I, but I wouldn't say that we have a home in a full piece band. So that's kind of why we got together is because we were two misfit kids that didn't know where to sound quite you know, sat and we couldn't, it was hard to find a full band because a lot of people are already set in their sounds and it's hard to just plug yourself into there, especially if you're an acoustic artist, because, I don't know, it's just not a lot of a, you know, it's easier with a band, a full piece band, if you right. do like heavier, it's just easier. I don't know, acoustic is, is pretty hard to do, um, especially with multiple people. So, him and I met in 2011. Oh, sure. uh, we lived in the same apartment complex in West Bend, Wisconsin, Whoa. West Bend, right. before I moved away for a very long time because I thought I hated Wisconsin, but
0: it's a common thing to do. And then I came back. Yeah. And then
1: I um, came back. So when I did come back, him and I kind of picked up right where we left off doing music again. And yeah, I wouldn't say that we're um, super crazy serious about our band, but it's also very nice for us as solo artists to come together. So our material is mostly our solo stuff meshed together, um, like one of our songs, Stupid For You, which is one of my favorite songs that we do, I had a book of lyrics from high school that I just didn't find a melody quite to go with it, so I had this book of lyrics, and I had one that really stuck out to me, this poem that I wrote that I just loved, and James, for the past six years, have had, uh, has had this guitar riff. That he loved but mm-hmm. couldn't quite figure out lyrics to go with it sure. so what we ended up doing was putting my lyrics my poetry with his guitar skills yeah. and just meshing it together and we came up with this great fucking sound this great song and, and I think it meshes really well it's just kind of perfect that both of our six-year projects ended up coming together finally and we finally got to finish both of these things that we started when I was in high school so
0: sure
1: it was just fucking crazy um, And now we both, we both write, we mostly do my material, because I would say James is more so skilled in the musical aspect, like he can tell you what a third up from, you know what I mean, like he's very savvy with um, the technical jargon and I'm not, I just write what I feel, and I took a lot of years of like piano theory, so I know how to read music, but at the same time I mostly just like play what sounds good. And I don't really write it down, so he's very. We mesh together super well because I'm very emotionally driven and very. Here's what sounds good, and he's like, okay, but that doesn't make sense in the key that we're playing. Da da da. So we just uh, come together super well. A lot of our stuff is just a culmination of both. I wouldn't say that we've ever sat down and we're like, let's write a song today. It's always like, hey, I started writing this song. What can you add to it? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of um, where our song comes from. Where we're at.
0: Cool. Sure. It works. Awesome. Um... You guys had known each other for a long time, and you were doing your solo things. Like, I guess, how would, I guess, sort of entice, like, you guys to decide maybe we want to work together on stuff?
1: Okay, that's kind of funny. (laughs) I haven't uh, thought about it since it happened. But, yeah, when him and I lived in West Bend together, we were friends, and we would jam occasionally. Yeah?
0: Yeah drink fast. Yeah? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Okay.
1: We would uh, jam together occasionally, but we were never serious about things. When I moved back to Milwaukee, I downloaded Tinder, and one of the first person that I matched with was James, and we hadn't talked since I moved um, from Milwaukee to Colorado, and then to Kentucky, West Virginia, like I was all over the map. And we lost touch, and so when I moved back to Milwaukee and I downloaded Tinder, he was one of the first people that I saw, and it was super weird, so we matched, and we started talking, and he was like, do you still play music? And I was like, yeah. Hmm. So after six years apart, we just uh, picked up right where we left off and it was like it was just magic it just picked up immediately and it was natural and it was beautiful and I don't know we just meshed together super well
0: what year did you move back here
1: I want to say 2015 oh, Okay. so yes, I've been here for about four years
0: well,
1: sure I like it I don't good think I'm going anywhere. Glad. Out of all the places I've lived in, so I've lived in a lot of big cities like Denver, uh, New York, Louisville, um, some places like Harrison. I don't know. Um, all of the the best music that I have discovered so far has been in Milwaukee, and I love Milwaukee. And I'm just like not going anywhere.
0: Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think it's great. Good. Yeah. I like to believe this is the best time to be in Milwaukee. Like uh, yes. in terms of. Opportunities and um, Mm -hmm. you know, a thriving, uh, like, collaborative nature of musicians and so And I think it
1: also has to do with like the times we live in. People are becoming a lot more self aware, a lot less focusing towards like the American dream, so to speak. Like, oh, I gotta make $50,000 this year Mm -hmm. to put into savings. Like, a lot of people are just focusing on being happy as opposed to having like the nuclear family. And I think that's huge. I think that that inspires a lot of people. To be able to be open with their creativity and to find people of like minds that they can collaborate with, and it's just—I don't know—it's a great time to be alive.
0: Yes, <laughs> very much so.
1: We're very progressive, and I am—I'm uh, here for it. Good,
0: I'm glad. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Oh yeah. Um, I had—I grew up in Illinois, and then I've been here for five years now because I came to school here sure. for UWM. Sure. Of course. And uh, yeah, like. I never really discovered that, um, that nature of Milwaukee scene until after, mostly like after I graduated. Because, sure. like, when you live on the east side and you go to UWM, it is it is kind of like that bubble, like that college-shaped bubble. bubble.
1: And yeah. as somebody who never went to UWM, as somebody who moved here in her early 20s and had to live on Brady Street and oh, listen yikes. to you crazy UWM
0: kids. Right. <laughs>
1: Okay. Brady Street, you kept me up until three o'clock. Okay,
0: <laughs> dude, I don't even go on Brady Street. I bet it was like, you specifically. Oh, probably.
1: It was you specifically. It could have been me. Could
0: have been me. Like one of three times a year, I like, go on Brady Street, <laughs> and and probably two of those three times is because I'm dining at La Great, yum.
1: Dude, have you had their grilled cheese with like the apple bacon and the apple slices in no, it? No,
0: I haven't.
1: It's grilled cheese with Swiss, apple smoked bacon, and then apple slices. Oh
0: wow. I need to go back. Wow. Let's
1: go right now. What are you going Yeah, this?
0: yeah. Fuck. Fuck this episode. <laughs> Let's just go now. You're right. <laughs> yeah, but... um
1: How do you say... How do you say it though? Empen- empanada. Is it empanada? Empanada. I heard a white person say empanada the other day, and I was pretty sure that wasn't right. But I didn't know.
0: That... Yikes. Yeah, oh. That reminds me of... That's like the white mom at a mexican restaurant
1: that's
0: grassy ass i
1: love i love (laughs) tacos on a warm tortilla get out of here give me a quesadilla
0: makes me cringe a little bit yeah um (laughs) but uh yeah so like i guess so i know you said you don't have anything uh for from audible kink uh currently recorded.
1: We're bad at recording. We get yelled at all the time. So this is more of a hobby for us, which is unfortunate because we're really good and it's what we're passionate about, but also we both have day jobs. He works at Lakefront Brewery full-time. He pulls, like, 12-hour shifts yeah. most days. It's fucked. Um I work in healthcare recruiting, so, like, I'm constantly working on my desk. So it's hard for us to find the time, but when we do, like, great things happen. We're always, like, on top of our shows. Like, we're always good there, but we're very... uh <laughs> Slacking and recording, and it's mostly me. James yells at me all the time, he's like, mm. "Let's record! I'm ready! Let's go!" And I'm always like, mm. "I think I'm just nervous. I don't know. I'm nervous about people hearing me, mm-hmm. and I'm nervous about people judging my sound because it's like when you create like a baby—that's yours—and mm-hmm. like it's your your creative, just your project. And yeah. You put it out there. It's terrifying because some people are bound to not like it. But I'm also, like, emotionally not ready for people to tell me that they don't like it. You know what I right. mean? So that's why oh, yeah. I'm so slacking on recording, is I'm just so afraid of people
0: hearing me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that. I, I think that that holds a lot of people back. Um, it's why a lot of people, you know... I feel like why people say they want to do things but don't ever, like, do them. Which irks me a lot, because I feel... I'm I'm kind of, like... I mean, I'm very sensitive to criticism as well, but, like, I feel like I'd rather just find out and deal with my, you know, emotional weight of, like, if someone doesn't like it or someone has something to say. I'd rather deal with that than just, like, not, like, try at all.
1: Well, what you imagine is always going to be worse, too. Right. Like, oh, I don't want to put this song out because somebody's going to hate it. Somebody might not dig it, but I'm not going to say that somebody's going to hate it. Right. But I think that uh, plays... A factor in like everything that we do mm-hmm. dating, friendships, work stuff like everything. I don't know, it's just oh, kind yeah. of terrifying. To it's the, the love
0: factor. and the fear, yep. It's the love and the oh,
1: fear. Oh, we're touching on it, yes,
0: right? we have, right? Right, love and fear, yeah. We, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that's that's like what plays into that exact, um, that mentality is like, yeah. where you hold back because you know you might not be emotionally ready, which is totally okay. You know, sometimes some people are just not ready to confront certain things or to follow through with goals of theirs. Like, I liken it to when I have, like, a, a conflict with somebody or I have to, like, say something I don't want to have to say to them. I have to, like, sort of let it sit for, like, a couple days before I really fully have, like... What I want to say formulated, right. and
1: you don't want to address things in the heat of the moment either. Exactly, because you're going to say something, you don't actually mean because right. those are just your emotions. So yeah, sitting on things for a couple yeah, days and then addressing them always
0: smart. And you're gonna, and same goes with a song. You know, you might not want to record a song in the heat of the moment because yeah. you might wake up the next day, look, try, listen to it, and be like, damn. It Every, sucks. All yeah, all the
1: time. Uh, our songwriting process with James usually goes like this. I usually call him up and I say, "Hey, I wrote a song today." And he's like, oh, yeah, let me hear it. And I'm like, "Mm, but I hate it. And then he listens to it, and he's like, Eric, this is a great song. Why don't you put this out there? Mm -hmm. And it's just that, you know, it's just that fear. I don't know. But he does a really good job of uh, validating me and making me feel like my stuff is worthy to be listened to. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why we have as much material as we do. I don't think I would release half as many songs as I do if he wasn't encouraging me the whole time Mm -hmm. to be like, no, no, you're fine.
0: Were you releasing stuff as a solo artist?
1: I mean, like, bullshit stuff like SoundCloud. You know yeah, what I mean? I wouldn't say I was... really, I wasn't, like, recording anything. Um, but that ties into... I did want to talk about... Yeah? That ties into being a uh, female artist in Milwaukee.
0: Oh, yeah. Right. And
1: how hard it is. Mm-hmm. How hard it is. Holy shit. Like, any female artist in Milwaukee, whether you be a painter, a photographer, a musician, like, holy shit, I feel for you. Because, I mean, we all know there's scummy people in the world, and I'm not going to be one of those guys that says all... All people are this way you know what I mean I realize that there's bad people and there's good people but right, yeah the thing that uh, struck me most when I moved to Milwaukee four or five years ago was uh, when people found out I was a musician a lot of men were hitting me up to help me record. And at first, you know, naive, I was like, yeah, absolutely. You hit me up on Facebook, you want to record me? Let's record. And stupid me, like I didn't know. And a lot of times people, I'm not even saying like just men, a lot of times people will use your passions to get to you. And then you'll think it's a legitimate modeling gig or musician gig or something like that. And you get there and it turns out to just be awful. So you have to take precautions, right. and that's always smart to do, but it's just very um, disheartening when like your your passion is taken advantage of like that and used as something dirty. So I think that that I think I would have recorded a long time ago if half the people that hit me up to help me record would have been legitimate, mm-hmm. but it's put me off. you know what I mean yeah. so people will hit me up now, legitimate people that just want to work with me and I get them in my inbox and I just blow them off, because I'm like, oh, you're just another dude, you know what I mean? Right. And it sucks, it really ruins it for um, all the good people that actually want to produce art and do beautiful things, mm-hmm. it's very unfortunate, but, I don't know, we'll figure it out.
0: I, Yeah, right, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, tough. Uh, it's very tough, it's something that even makes me careful with how I tread You
1: have to. In today's age, you have to be very careful what you say, how you say it. Because
0: especially like when I'm, that's something I try to be conscious of when I am interacting with uh, women or non-binary artists that um, I want to like have on the show or I want to you know uh, work with them in in some way. Like I I try to make it. You know, and I try to present myself in a way where, like, I really want you to feel valued for what you do, right. you know, and I want my intentions to be out there that, like, you know, I'd love, to, like, I think what you do is pretty cool, like, I'd love to learn more about what you do and, like, why you do it. Right. Um, that's, and, like, I, and I understand that, like, because I'm a cishet white male, like, I... My yeah. intentions aren't always going to be totally like clear right off the bat until like, you know, I prove so.
1: Oh well, yeah, I didn't know about you.
0: <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was, yeah. Like, this
1: dude is approaching me at up and under. This has happened 20,000 times. Right. Like, fuck. I didn't I didn't know. Um
0: I don't take it personally. And
1: I think that that's beautiful. Well, yeah. I think a lot of men do. I think a lot of men are like, "Oh, well she doesn't trust me based on something that somebody else did." That's fuck. But right. like looking at it from a mature standpoint it's like yeah this has happened this is a big issue women are feeling like they're being objectified being victimized all this bullshit manipulated Um, yeah i think it's beautiful to be able to recognize that and to approach people in a respectful manner because that's huge and the people that say like oh it's the women's fault for feeling like i'm a predator it's like well no we feel that way about everybody it's your job to show us that you're not
0: right right and also to encourage your peers and your other men of to do better.
1: Um, And that does happen a lot nowadays A lot Like I know that we're still struggling And it's like um, A lot of people are still shit But I think where we were Even 20 years ago Compared to where we are now It's massive Even in the last
0: two years Since 22 like Of course It it really shifted the conversation About how It's
1: huge If you look at it Especially from like A women's standpoint Like two years ago If I was like Oh so and so Made me uncomfortable People would be like So? Like fix yourself And now it's like So and so did something To me to make me uncomfortable And everyone's like Fuck that guy Like it's Literally, beautiful yeah. I love it Literally every for it.
0: Anytime someone warns me I immediately become wary Yeah we've well, had person. to do that before Right yeah. like You've
1: approached me And you're like hey I heard that You have an abusive ex Who is it So I know Like not to Associate or be friendly Or love And that's just I love that I love yeah,
0: that and I love it, people it's like not, And it's not easy You know no. It's not easy to do Because like you have to You know Separate what your impression is of somebody, you know, and a lot like Ed Sir. So well, because it's like, you know, you can have a very surface level understanding of somebody. Especially yeah. when like you know, there's so much going on in this scene and it's like you don't get to fully get to know every individual person to their core. Okay. But if somebody has like a really negative abusive experience with somebody and they are willing to like, you know
1: Open up about
0: Open that. up and, That's and huge. compromise you know, a, number, a plethora of their interpersonal relationships in order to put this out, then, I mean, that says something, you know? Like, so in that sense, when I, like, I, I try to be, like, just mindful. Like, if, if someone warns me about somebody, I just it's, just, it's just a matter of being aware. And also being, you know, and, and also it's a, it's a big learning curve with looking inwardly i looking at like, well, how do I approach people? How can I make sure like, you know, I don't make, you know, somebody uncomfortable with like my space, like spatialness or yeah. my gestures or, you know, things I say. Right. Like I, I mean, most of my, it's like most of my, I'm, I'd say I'm closer friends with a lot of women than I am with men and I hear them. I hear them.
1: Now that we're able to speak, yeah, I hope you do. (laughs) Now that we're finally getting to a point where like women can speak about these things and people support us, like that's crazy. I remember being in high school and like even a negative experience I had in high school, I like told my family, I told my friends and I was like, this happened to me. And everybody was just like, what were you wearing? You know what I mean? Um, It was back in those days and now the fact that there's... A lot of people do question it still, of course. There's bad apples. But the majority of us, especially in the Milwaukee area, are like, who is this person? Like, let's go fucking get him. Like, and I love that.
0: And I try to ask people that I trust in the scene, like, is there anybody that I need to be wary of? Of Like, um, and I've, I mean, I've heard, uh, like, I've heard from a number of uh, women artists that have actually experienced exactly what you said, where, like, men will hit them up and act very, like, invested in them. But then it's, like, as they get to know this person or, or like, you know, have some kind of, like, uh, personal uh, interaction with them, like, their ulterior motives become pretty evident.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nine times And
0: they, And especially <laughs> if they have a big following or they have all this quote-unquote clout, they try to hold that over your head.
1: Well, yeah, because it's like, if you say anything, like, look how many people I have behind me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if it's something that, like, if it's somebody that's in your scene and you collaborate with them and something happens, you don't want to say anything because that's your scene. You don't want to cause dissonance. You don't want to cause drama. But it's like, it's still also like, this happened. And Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know, it's a huge thing. And I think we're all being more vocal about it, which is beautiful, but I think it's still super prevalent. And I think a lot of people don't, talk about it, which mm-hmm. is sad, um, but also super understandable.
0: Well, I'm glad that, like, I'm really happy that being a woman succeeding in a male-dominated industry is the best it's ever been, oh, yeah. but it's nowhere near where we need right. it to be. Right. Um, so that, by all means, it's, it's like, I try to remind myself every day, and, you know, it's it's humbling. It is really humbling, but, like, try to tell myself every day that, like, I can never be doing enough, you know, I mean, like... If
1: that's us, to, like, you know,
0: yeah, set like, the
1: pace for the next generation. You can
0: always, you can always be doing better. Of course. Um, that's just the way society evolves, so... Wow.
1: I think you're doing all right.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I, I try. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, but, um, like, an example, just the other day, like, um... I was hanging out with some friends, and uh, I had used the term I had used "guys" to describe everybody. Okay. Yeah. But there were some people that were like non-binary or right. that trans. Don't want that, yeah, that don't. And it's like it's a collective term that I like just use, sort of just you know without even thinking about it. It's just like, hey guys, okay. yeah. yeah,
1: like dude,
0: right, dude, dude. yeah, dude's another one. Um, yeah. But uh, I was asked to use folk, folks, instead. And All right.
1: Yeah. Chalk right. yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that communication is huge with that. It's yeah. absolutely huge with that. It's like if you're not comfortable with something, speak up. Even if it's like I use, I hate when when uh, people are like, "Hey, dudes," and somebody's like, "That doesn't make me comfortable." And the other person who used the word "dude" is like, "Oh, well, I meant it as not." It's like, but you don't get to decide right, like yeah. what makes people comfortable and what doesn't. So even if you meant it with the purest intentions, just listen. And I think that that's something that a lot of people um, can learn from. Any aspect, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you come from, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Like if you just listen and you take into account like people's feelings and you just try to be empathetic and kind
0: it's true it's super true like, <laughs>
1: like just don't be a dick right that's it that's all we right. want is to just you not be just a
0: dick. try just try to at least just avoid one word if that Please. like this person yeah like nice. i know because i've done it before too like i've groaned when people are like can you like you know do this different and I'm, mm-hmm. but it's like i know they're right Right. And I feel like I'm only groaning because I know they're right. I'm like, right.
1: Oh. And it's like, you have to change the yeah. small factor about <laughs> yeah. your life. But I've had to uproot my entire life to be who I want to be. So the least you can do is just call me what I want to be called. Right. It's a huge fucking thing. Um, I don't know. I think that we're getting there. I think that, especially in Milwaukee, people are progressive enough to understand that. And mm-hmm. that's one of the main reasons why I've stayed here, um, especially living in the South if you were different, you know what I mean? Even me, like, being, well, like, I'm bisexual, but, like, me being a passably straight white person in the South, like, I I blended in, but I had tattoos and piercings, and people looked at that, and were like, oh, she's different. You know what I mean? So, if it's, like, if you're anything more than that, that's huge. That's, like, a huge pressure on you, and the South is not forgiving Milwaukee seems to be pretty cool, and a lot of big cities are, but Milwaukee especially, the the friends that I have and the people that I've met have been super welcoming. And um, even today, I had an interaction with somebody at the bar, and I was like, Hi, my name's Erica, and they asked me right off the bat, like, what's your pronoun? And I was like, how beautiful! Like, what a great thing to make somebody feel just validated right off the bat. And it's like, whatever you want to be, I respect that, and I'll call you. Like, it's just... It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing and you would never see that where I'm from and I yeah. don't know. I just love it. I think it's great. Every time I see something like that happen, I'm just like re-energized and I just, I love it.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, it's, that's great and that's, that's real how it's being normalized. Like, yeah. I always check someone's Facebook profile first because usually yeah. they give like the pronoun right. uh, option now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm not sure, you know, like, you can always ask. Like, We're ask. Definitely. It's... Yeah.
1: We're getting there. We I'm are. a huge uh you're familiar with the Sims, yes.
0: I had every <laughs> single expansion pack, every no, single stuff pack. I do like, in seventh grade the sims 2 was like my like favorite thing to do of all time i used to obsessively, you don't even know i obsessively built we've
1: grown sims. we've grown the sims 3 was massive they had like 80 expansion packs for that shit the sims 4 is doing super well but the reason i bring it up is because sims ea games just came out with a like an update that you have gender-neutral doors wow. for bathrooms to build in your Sims cool. game. So, like, if you're building a restaurant, like, you can... Like, I don't know. It's just, like, little tiny things like that wow. that just, like, restore my faith in humanity. And it's, Actually, like, right, we're getting there. That's
0: that's funny you say that, cause I because I've thought about how, like, you know, because the conversation about people that are non-binary or gender-neutral, whatever, like... I think about how, yeah, the Sims, it's like you could... You could pick the Sims' gender. Yeah, you
1: can. And you can even decipher... It asks you right on the screen, do you want this person to be able to have babies? Do you want them to stand up when they're peeing? Right. Do you want them to... Like, they, they're they getting yeah. so technical now. And I think yeah. it's great because, like, little kids, like, little tiny seven-year-olds that are playing Sims and maybe um, identify as a different gender or a different person. Like, they're playing this game and they're like, I can make this person look just right. like me and pee just like me. And all
0: Sims That's are... huge! Right, and all Sims are, like bisexual too.
1: Oh, okay. As a kid, <laughs> I grew up Lutheran, so I was never open with my sexuality. I was always straight. Yeah. Always straight. I'm still technically to my family straight, you know what I mean? But when I was a kid, I was always playing with my sims. I never had a straight sim ever in my life. And I feel like that was a little bit of a clue. Yeah. Like, hey guys, Erica yeah. only had lesbian families. Let's think about this for a minute.
0: <laughs> no, by the, the, sim, the Sim family. No,
1: as a kid, like, my mom took away my Barbie dolls because I would not play with my Ken dolls, and I would just make my girl Barbies marry each other. Oh, my God. And my mom was like, that's not all right. You don't do that.
0: It's adorable.
1: It's adorable. Yeah. I used Deep to, down, we always knew.
0: Uh, I, I played with, like, I, I used to play with my sister and, like, her toys. Like,
1: well, girls have better toys, let's be real.
0: Hot Wheels, though. Hot Wheels are dope. True. I still love my Hot Wheels, but... <laughs> But, like, I I mean, I always loved cars. Like, I liked to play with cars when I was little. And, uh, like, my sister had, like, her Barbie dolls and everything, like, that. But then, like, Barbie had a car. It was, like, a big Did you ass have The Barbie
1: pink, Jeep? Oh, no, the pink one. It was one. a
0: big pink car. The pink it was
1: like, a Cadillac. Yeah. You could fit four Barbie Oh,
0: my God. In there. I used to play with that so much. Get out of here. Yeah. It was the best. I know. I had
1: the same one. Oh, my
0: God. It's great. I'm sure. <laughs> so, how would you. So, like, um. Yeah, I guess, like, what are your uh, goals for the rest of 2019? I know you said you have some shows coming up. We
1: do. We do. I think if I was being ambitious, I would say a goal for 2019 would be to get something recorded, even if it's just a single. Like, to get over my fear of people hearing me and to just put something down. Because a lot of people come up to me and they're like, hey, if you have a CD out, like, I would buy that shit. And a lot of people say that to me. And it's like, I wish that I could just get over my own fear and get out of my own head and just do it and be like, hey, I produce something that people genuinely enjoy. So why wouldn't I want to put it out there? But I just got to get over myself. So that would be a huge goal of 2019. I'm not saying that it's obtainable. I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on myself. Um, But if it's something I am able to do, that would be just fucking massive. Mm -hmm. It'd be massive because I've never recorded anything. Ever. And I've been a musician. I came out of the womb, you know, singing fucking songs. So I've been a musician forever, and I feel like it's time that I get stuff recorded, and I just, um, gotta get over it.
0: I, I eagerly await.
1: It'd be huge. I
0: would love to see it.
1: Yeah. and um, It'll happen.
0: Good, good. It'll happen. Well, we would love to see it. <laughs> um, so there actually is something I did want to ask you about. Um,. If, you, if you're comfortable talking about it. I have so, never
1: talked about it. I will talk about it with you.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, th- I appreciate it. Because um, I... So, this happened before I even knew you. Um, yes. I actually, Two years ago. Yeah. So, I guess, do you want to explain sure. the situation?
1: Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've never talked about it. Um... I guess a lot of people, a lot of news uh, medias have hit me up to talk about it to the point where I had to leave my home and I had to go stay with my parents in Kentucky for two weeks because there were people literally camped outside my house like trying to talk to me about Holy this. shit, wow. And I drove to my parents' place and two uh, news outlets followed me until I hit Indiana. Like these people were following me for at least 80 miles before they finally gave up and left. Like it was a huge big thing and I hated it because I felt like all the attention was on me when the attention should not have been on me and what I went through it should have been on what I was trying to get the attention on which is people being uplifted in the media when they are shitty you know what I mean we see that all the time we see it with actors who have um, allegations against them but that are still producing movies and making millions of dollars and doing well and it's like do we really want to uplift these people so when it happened in uh, it was November of two thousand three 15, 16, 2016, I didn't, I didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it. Most of us who have gotten assaulted do not talk about it ever. Um, and I told a few close friends, but that was it. I never uh, told the police. I never pursued it. I didn't do anything with it because I just, I didn't want to. And that's valid and it took me a long time to recognize that what, how I reacted is okay For a long time I had a lot of guilt about, like, why didn't I say something sooner? But it took until recently for me to realize, like, hey, it's okay to not be able to talk about things. It's okay to bury things. It's okay to not unhash these things until you feel ready. So I felt weird about that for a long time, but I'm finally coming to terms with it. Um, The reason I spoke up about it was because I saw this guy who had... He didn't touch me, but, like, he facilitated what happened to me. He matched with me on Tinder. Um, he invited me to this place. I came. He left, and then what happened happened. So he 100% set it up, and I think that that's how it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I have very close friends of mine who have been through the same thing with this exact individual. Yeah. Like my sp- circulated my about best friend, stuff, yeah. we didn't know. I came out with the story. And my best friend came to me and said, it happened to me three months after it happened to you like a year and a half ago. Her and I literally didn't know that we were assaulted by the same man because that's how much women do not talk about these things. Like, we just shut down a lot of times. If you're able to talk about it, fucking God bless. But if you're not also, God bless. Like, you're doing what you have to do. Um, So the reason I came out with it was because I saw him being uplifted on this um, media platform. He was in this show um, called... What was it called? The Proposal. It was a spin-off off The Bachelor. And I saw this on the news. I was watching TV, just eating my dinner. And uh, I saw it on the news and I saw his face. And as soon as I saw his face on the commercial, like obviously like my heart just dropped. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was very worried about his platform being um, widened. I was worried about the fact that girls would see him on TV. Think of him as this like gentleman because they're all portrayed to be gentlemen who right. just want to take this girl on dates yeah. and they just want to marry her and yeah. make a woman out of her you know so i was very worried that he had this um big platform to prey on women so that's why i made the status i didn't think it would go anywhere at all i was just like hey this is my account of what happened this dude facilitated this this night here's my proof that it happened it was fucked. And then, um, I guess the news got a hold of it and pretty soon everybody was on my ass about it. Like, Entertainment Tonight, fucking NBC, um, Huffington Post, Buzzfeed, like, everybody was just trying to, like, talk to me about it and I had to turn everybody down and I had to get a lawyer and I had to, like, it was just, it was a very hard time for me and I got a lot of hate for it and I got a lot of people telling me, like, I would get DMs on Facebook that were like, hey, I noticed that you're, um profile picture is a little risque maybe if you wore more clothes like this wouldn't have happened to you and i'm like okay barbara age 67 from oklahoma who are you (laughs) what but this happened a lot to the point where like my parents had to get like it was a whole big thing everybody got involved and it was just a really big mess for me and it ended up very unsuccessful i tried very hard to get um, justice for what happened and I was in contact with a lot of girls who had also been hurt by this man but a lot of them, all of them aside from me were not willing to come forward and absolutely totally fine. I respected that and I was like do what you gotta do but I was the only one who came forward with any kind of solid evidence and because of that they just couldn't do anything. But also Law enforcement failed as they always mostly do, let's Mm -hmm. be real. But Milwaukee, like, as a collective, came together, and I'm new here. Like, I've only been here for four years, but everybody, like, rallied around me, and I was able to go out to places, like, up and under, and I was able to go to Linamans, and, you know, like, places that I had friends, and people would rally around me, and if this dude showed up, which he oftentimes did, like, people would just surround me and be supportive and be like, hey, we'll get this guy out of here, and it was just beautiful. So I think it's telling that where law enforcement failed, like, Milwaukee stepped up. And, uh, this guy felt so, Michael Friday, he felt so alienated because he wasn't able to get inside of anywhere, anywhere on Brady, water, nowhere, he wasn't able to get in. Uh, he felt the need to book it to Arizona where he, and the last time I checked is, and he's doing the same shady stuff there, so it sucks that it's, like, another city's problem, but at the same time, it's huge to think about the fact that, um... I don't know, everybody was so willing and so ready to just be like, fuck this guy. Like, it's huge, it's huge. And I've never felt more supported in my entire life. And it's not my first time being assaulted, you know what I mean? But it's the first time that people have, um, without question, just been there and just been willing to like, you know, take up the the pitchforks and the, and the tortures right. and be yeah. like, let's get this guy out of here. Like, yeah. I think that's huge, especially in today's day and age, where there's the whole like Black Lives Matter movement, law enforcement fails a lot a lot and I think the fact that a community can just pick up where they left off and just I'm not saying like vigilante justice go out kill your local rapist but I'm also saying the fact that uh, victims can feel supported and safe is just it's massive and it's been beautiful and I'm really thankful to everybody who has made a Facebook status everybody you know who has come up to me at a bar and said I saw your story you've inspired me like it's just huge because it's not an easy thing it's a really gross thing that happened and it's sad that it happens all the time. Um, but just the fact that everybody wants to help is huge. It's just, it's huge.
0: It's nice. Thank you for sharing. Of course. And Of course. I'm really happy you're here to share your story. Um, I mean, horrible that you had to experience it. Um, under such circumstances where it like feels like like you against the system that has mm-hmm. that allowed this to happen. But you I think at that point learned how powerful your voice can be. Oh, Oh
1: one hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's uh it's been really great it's been really great and it's been great for me because up until that point I had been a very uh, complacent person you know things had happened to me in the past where it's just like I'll let it go because that's just how life is women just submit. That's just how it is. Boys will be boys. You know what I mean? It's like women just have to take it.
0: Which us men have benefited from for so long.
1: for a very long time. And uh, after the Michael Friday thing happened, every time something has happened to me where it's even like somebody says something even remotely inappropriate, like I can talk about it and people support me. That's like massive. That's massive. And I, I feel like people... On social media and people in real life who think that it's like a small feat to just be like oh i'm here for you that's not a small feat like that means the world to somebody who has reporters at their door questioning what they were wearing that night you know what i mean just for somebody to say i don't care what you were wearing i don't care what you said i don't care what you did the fact that this happened to you is fucked up like just somebody to believe you and somebody to care about you it's um it's important it's very
0: important Yeah, i'm really proud of you
1: Thank you. Yeah. And
0: I'm really happy that, um, you know, you're able to talk about it so openly today and everything like that. Oh, absolutely. I'll talk about it all the time. We see see you here. (laughs) We see you on Mr. Nice Guy, that's for sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But um, it's like that whole thing where it's like people talk about sex work and how it's like dangerous for women well why don't for a why person. don't we just yeah why don't we just teach men not to rape you know and
1: that's the thing i'm saying and i think it's um a cultural thing because for example like my family loves me to death loves me to death would never want anything bad to happen to me but also i feel like it was learned from a very young age especially with the older generation that women are just supposed to uh, avoid these situations in order to avoid being assaulted. And it's like, well, no, let's not teach women how to avoid being humans. Let's teach men how to not assault women. Yeah. That might be the, you know, but it's a whole learning thing. And we've come a very long way. And I think we'll continue to come long ways. And maybe I won't see it in my lifetime. But eventually, I think we're on the right track. It'll, it'll happen. And I think we're doing um, a good job so far.
0: Hi. Hi. Um, had a wonderful time hanging out with you. Oh, I had
1: the best time.
0: Good. I'm glad. The best time. Good. Um, so Erica, tell me, what keeps you up at night?
1: Existential dread. I'm
0: wondering yeah, oh, yeah. what the
1: fuck we're doing and why. What are we doing?
0: That's real as hell. It's
1: real. I worry about it all the time. What's the point? I yeah. get
0: that every time I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, how is that me? What? You know? Yeah. That's like right dumb. now. Like I'm looking at myself right now. That's I'm like. Dumb. That is me. Like how how is that like
1: You're killing it, kid. You're doing great.
0: Thank you. <laughs> but it's still has some existential dread. I'm like how like how is this conscious reality like, yeah? How like how is this my body that I was selected into? It's just
1: it's just a meat robot. You're fine.
0: <laughs> I like that. Meat robot. That's good.
1: Your brain is the real part of
0: you. I think we For found the mind new mind. I think we found the new King Gizzard in the Lizard Wizard album name. <laughs> um <laughs> I just saw them last night. They're. First- I
1: know. I saw. I was supposed to go to that show. Oh, but they're I, so good.
0: Uh, slept instead. Fair. That's okay. It did go late. That's what I heard. Um, we'll put you to sleep. Marijuana. Marijuana.
1: Marijuana and the Twilight Zone. I can't fall asleep unless I'm smoking weed and watching the Twilight Zone. That's
0: it. Good juxtaposition right there. I'm thinking. There you go. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Um, and thank you for sharing everything. Of course. Um, so remember, believe woman uh men do better do better we're gonna do better we all i believe that we can do better i know it's it within us um and uh also check out audible kink we're all right
1: they're
0: they're (laughs) they're pretty okay thank you for watching mr nice guy we'll see you next time